Hi, I'm Jerry Grant, and this is a series of programs we're calling Disc Jockey Confidential here on WVUD and WVUD HD1, Newark, the voice of the University of Delaware. I'll be interviewing some of my fellow VUD jocks to find out what path they took to arrive here at the radio station. We'll discuss their earliest experiences with music and radio and how those experiences inform their own show currently on WVUD. Today's guest is Shelley Kelly, one of the hosts of Java Time, our morning wake-up show, Mondays through Fridays here on WVUD. Shelley, how you doing? Good afternoon, Jerry. I'm doing fine today. Good. I'm glad you could make it. Me too. I'm to be included in the list of guests is quite an honor. Thanks so much. <laughs> the, the Java Time show has five different hosts. Why don't you tell me what, uh, what kind of show you do? I host the Wednesday morning show, and listeners know me as Shelly Kelly. I've been on the air since May 2000. And for those longtime WVUD listeners who have been with us for that long, they may recall that back then this voice belonged to <laughs> Michelle McCann. I am one and the same person, Michelle McCann is now Shelly Kelly. And just a quick um, little bit about how that name change happened. Sure. In 2017, I married Jim Kelly. Thus, my name, Michelle Kelly. My stage name is Shelly Kelly. Because honestly, if you could have a stage name that was Shelly Kelly, wouldn't you? Sure. I think it's got a really nice ring to it. So I'm excited about that. And uh, the other nice thing about that name is this year, Shelly Kelly, myself, has been named the 2019 Established Folk Musician of the Year for the state of Delaware, Delaware Division of the Art. So wow. thanks to them for that honor. I've been doing my best to uh, keep that in good stead all year long. So yes, indeed, Michelle McCann is Shelly Kelly. Does that come without any obligations or just or prize money? or What, what else does it entail? It does come with a grant. There Ooh. are three obligations in the ways of performance and then the opportunities are anything that I can create, and I've created quite a few of them this year. Currently, I am in the studio recording a new CD of all original material. That's the Shelly Kelly Band, so it's myself and Jim Kelly, my husband, and um, an assorted other instrumentalist doing the back line. I'm very excited about that. Uh, the original material that I write and perform for people is very catchy. So I'm hoping that other songwriters and other performers will like what they hear. Well, congratulations. Tell us about your show. Java Time is intended to be as eclectic as possible. I take that into every type of musical genre you can think of, especially the ones that I, I know well. There are two that I don't do anything with, which would be the rap and hip hop. We have some DJs that excel in that on WVUD and on The Basement. So instead, I really push the boundaries. I'm spinning music from klezmer background, from American blues, uh, definitely French folk, hurdy-gurdy music, bagpipe music, dance music. I love the swing era. I love soul. It's excellent. A lot of those things is what you're going to be hearing from my show, as well as dance remixes of what may have been popular. So I really try to push the bounds and uh, try to surprise you each and every week and always listen for that weekly hurdy-gurdy hit 
You never know when that's going to be popping up. <laughs> but we should say now, so you, you've already said you're a musician, a folk musician, whatever. You play a number of instruments. Do you want to just... I, I, most of my questions to my guests so far in this series have been, you know, did you have music lessons and things like that? Well, I guess I'll ask you the same questions, but um, uh, why don't you tell us exactly what, music, what instruments you play? Sure, sure. Most notably, I play hurdy-gurdy, which is an instrument that originated in France around the year 1100. Fortunately, it still exists today. And along with that French folk music, I also play a French folk clarinet called Chalumeau. It plays in one register. It's diatonic, and it's made of boxwood. So it's got a sound that sounds like butter. People tell me it sounds like butter. Okay. And it really, really does. In addition, I also play guitar. I play Irish boron. I play penny whistle. I play spoons. I played in the Indonesian gamelan here at University of Delaware. So that's an additional 10 more percussive instruments. And really, after a while, these stringed instruments and woodwinds and percussions, they piggyback on one another. So once you know one, if you are inclined to, you can transfer that knowledge and skills base to something similar. And indeed, that's what I did. I did take music lessons in junior high or middle school, we call it, on clarinet. And then right around the age of 16, I realized it wasn't that cool to play clarinet around the bonfire on the <laughs> Delaware Beach, but guitar would be far cooler. So I actually started out taking guitar lessons with my dad. He had tried several times and had gotten as far as Tom Dooley, hang down your head, Tom. Sure. Strum Dooley, that's as far as he had gotten. Mm -hmm. So he had thought if we did it together, he'd be inclined to stick with it. And uh, actually, I was the one who stuck with it. And it was great fun taking lessons with my dad. I'll tell you something else my dad and I did do. We took disco dance lessons together. Now, that stuck. And he still dances to this day. He's out dancing three and four nights a week doing square dancing. I, I came from a musical household in that my sister played a lot of 45s and LPs. And my first 45 that I bought was Mungo Jerry in the summertime. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the St first LP that I bought was Rod Stewart, Every Picture Tells a Story, because the day my sister got married and moved on, she took her Rod Stewart LP with her, so I had to go out and replace uh, it. Okay. Where were you born? Right in Wilmington, Delaware, and I grew up in Newark. Went to University of Delaware, always intending to transfer out, and indeed that didn't happen so I've resided in Newark my entire life, save for a brief sojourn out west where I relocated forever and ever to Berkeley, California, I thought. And the good old Delaware rubber band and Delaware boomerang struck and once again pulled back to Delaware. But for some of the sweetest reasons imaginable, which are parents and now that I'm married, grandchildren. I've never been a mother, but now I'm a grandmother of three. So that's great fun. Wow. wow. Great. So obviously you uh, grew up in a, in a somewhat musical household. I mean, there was, there was music in your house? There was a lot of music played on the stereo and a lot of dancing. And uh, having a conversation with my paternal grandmother, I had once said, I don't know where I get my musical talent from. And she says, Michelle, you got it from me. After all, her first name is Seal, Cecilia, which is a patron saint of music, right. which happens to be my middle name. And Seal, my grandmother, used to play the drum and the Democratic Women's Fife and Drum Caucus when they were out being suffragettes for the vote. 
with wow. a woman's vote. So years later, she had a difficulty getting around on her knee, the very same knee that the drum would hit every time she'd take a step and march suffragette for the vote. Wow, that's a good one. You had a record player then in your house. Obviously, you had a stereo, or as we call it. Was it a piece of furniture? Or? It was. It was the big console, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the, the new cassette player at the time. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and the, the radio was always on. And really, that's how I learned about music. So today, music is a very personal thing. Many people have their own little wireless earbuds. But my experience was anytime you walked into a room, the radio was on. So whether it was the Philadelphia FM stations, they were coming into vogue at the time, which was great, the progressive ones. Right. They'd play entire album sides of experimental music and then back-to-back with something bluegrass and then perhaps something from Etta James. So it was mm-hmm. really was that diverse. So from that, and uh, that grew out of the AM stations, the Newark AM stations, mm-hmm. WNRK, WAMs, and all those. Sure, sure, sure. A lot of that. And then in the summertime when you would go to the pool, the AM stations would be blaring over the loudspeakers. So you would hear the monkeys and the beetles and the turtles all those animal bands, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So would you go, uh, how about live music? Um, you said your father played guitar at home. For, for a very short amount of time. Uh, it was very interesting. My father, my mother, and their business partner, whom I call Uncle Nate, good old Uncle Nate, shout out to Uncle Nate, wherever you are in the cosmos, my friends. These people really took it to heart, and they made sure I was exposed to Harry James Orchestra when it came to the Grand, to musicals like Guys and Dolls. They really pushed the boundaries. They would take me to Longwood Gardens to see the U.S. Marine Band Symphony play. So they very much exposed me to so many types of music, and I embraced it all. It was like a little sponge, so very fortunate to have that opportunity, and it stuck. Did you go to dances like when you were in high school? I, I did, um, but from kindergarten, I actually took tap, ballet, and jazz dance lessons. Oh, okay. So I come by dance almost from osmosis, and I simply cannot stop dancing. At this point in time, I play in a French band trio, and we lead French folk dancing in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. So it's, it's deep, deep within, within my blood. I have European roots, so anything that comes from Europe, I'm instantly gravitating towards. You didn't mention bagpipes. Do you play bagpipes? I mean, at one point in time, I played a little German set of bab- bagpipes called a Hummelchen, and I no longer no longer do that. But uh, I hang out with bagpipers. Cool. Where'd you go to grade school? McVeigh, and then McVeigh. elementary, then Gauger Middle School, and then Glasgow High School. Sure. Back in the day, Glasgow High School had an incredible arts and performance program that I would say rivals, if not eclipsed, modern-day Cab Calloway. It oh. was really uh, the best of the best, the, the cream of the crop. Oh, so wow. very, very happy to have been a part of that. How about your own personal musical tastes? I mean, you said uh, Mungo Jerry was the first 45 that you bought, but I mean, say like from grade school into high school or something, was your musical taste changing? Or You know, up until that point, it pretty much was heavy on yacht rock, which was heavy acoustic and harmonies, so everything from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and 
and Young as well. So two of my personal heroes, Stephen Stills and Neil Young. And I have to also put Jackson Brown in there. I happen to sing in their voice range. So that is why they're heroes of mine. Try as I might, I just can't do a Joni Mitchell. You sure. Know, the amazing high notes that she can hit, as you can plainly tell from my voice, I'm mm-hmm. in that tenor range. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, in the Delaware All-State Chorus history, I was the very first female tenor to be admitted. Wow. So I took on the administration as a girl and got into what traditionally had only been a male voice part. And that year I was ranked as one of the top five male voices in the state. <laughs> Very good. So so my tastes really have changed. When I went to University of Delaware, I started to fall into the folk music collective in the area. And it was... Uh, Headed up at that time by Chris Rewa and Susie Wallenberg. They sure. started the WXDR House Musicians. At the time, I was living on Prospect Avenue, as were you and Sheila, mm-hmm. and so many other WVUD DJs. There were so many WVUD DJs at that point on Prospect Avenue, you couldn't throw a rock and not hit a house with one of them in there. Mm-hmm. And um, it made for a very rich musical performance community. And, and a lot of camaraderie. So from that, the Celtic musicians of Newark grew out of that. Uh, so I embraced that and then keep, kept growing as time went on. Now, fast forward to the present day. I've never really been one to write original music up until I started playing with my modern day band, Shelly Kelly Band. And when I met Jim Kelly... All of a sudden, this music started leaping out of me. I couldn't stop it. It got to the point where I literally had to listen to what it was my vocals and guitars were saying. And uh, literally screaming emotion and passion. And mostly in the Americana style. And that has really just blossomed. So for one complete CD at this point called the Shelly Kelly Band, Almost Ready, and now a second CD almost completed. So, and that title's not yet out there. So, but hopefully by the end of the year. Most notably, though, I've written two songs that are getting national acclaim. One is called Christmas Card. So, it is a Christmas song that's getting airplay now. And the other is the new anthem that I wrote for the state of Delaware, and it's called Silver Queen. So oh. keep listening for those. You're going to be hearing those more and more. Okay, we will. You want to name some of the other bands you were in previously? I think you've been in a number of bands, right? Actually have been. I uh, was in an all-female band called No Strings Attached. Strings that ends with an, a Z instead of an S. No Strings Z Attached. And and quite a, quite a few other ones as well. And uh, there's not enough musicians to go around in the Delaware music scene. So we all tend to help out each other sure. and we'll also be on each other's recordings. So I've been on recordings with Butch Zito as well mm-hmm. and some others, notable others. Sure, sure. We should probably explain what a hurdy-gurdy is. I, you know. Oh, right. The hurdy-gurdy is a violin with a wheel. And in France, the French language actually calls it viel à roue, violin with a wheel. So you turn a crank, which turns a handle, and the handle causes a wheel to turn. And the wheel is banded in a wood that is holly. And that holly band has the long staple that goes around, so it rubs the string. 
And as long as you're turning the crank and the wheel is rubbing the string, there's a noise that's made very much like a violin. With the violin, you put the bow onto the string. With the hurdy-gurdy, you drop the string onto the bow, which is that wheel. Oh, okay. Right. And then the string goes through a key box and you push the frets to the string, which is the opposite of a guitar. With a guitar, you push the string to the fretboard. Here with the hurdy-gurdy, mm-hmm. the string is the constant. You're pushing the frets to the string. Uh-huh. So that's how that works. So you've got a melody strings. You also have a drone string, which drones along at just one note. And then you have the third string, which is called the chien, the barker, or the trumpet. And in that third string, the bridge is not glued down. So as you're turning that crank, if you jerk the crank, it causes the string to ride up the wheel and snap down. And what you hear is a a buzz. So I can control that. I can buzz once around, or twice, three times to make a waltz, or four times, and I can control that. I can also drag, you get the idea. Right. And those are sounds I'm making with my mouth, but it is percussive. It is the original one-man band. Put it all together, and you've got the instrument, which originated to be an instrument of the church and of the courts, and is now a folk instrument. Uh, oh, the courts of oh, of the royal courts of the royal courts. I see of the church and of the royal courts, and is now a folk instrument. Wow, I remember you years ago on Elkton Road, someplace there doing. Well, gee, did you do Cecilia? Is that what you did? And that's your sure. middle name. I didn't know that at the time. Exactly. Yeah, I played Cecilia on Hurdy Gurdy. I'll also uh, stretch it to Tommy James and the Shondells with Drag, Dragging, Dragging the Line. Dragging the Line. I remember that one very right. well. That was one of my favorite songs. Uh, and, and there's a there's a few others. And lately, I've been mm-hmm. writing in the French musette style, which is the Parisian cafe sidewalk type style. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Well, after you did you graduate from the University of Delaware? I did. I got my degree, my bachelor's degree, in written business communication, and I am still using that every day by profession for 29 years now. I am a national award-winning resume writer a certified coach for job and career transitions, and recently nationally certified to write online profiles, LinkedIn and such. Oh, wow. National certification in that. So I've literally had over 20,000 successful clients that I've coached now to executive status. Wow. And I write for everyone um, from entry level up to professional level and to the executive level. So writing is my gift. Marketing people is my skill. (laughs) That also extends into business writing. I write extensively for businesses, whether it's their online content, whether it's their own agency resume, whether people that are now in executive positions that need to have writing done for their own, for their own corporations, they hire me to do that as well. I know you've been doing that for a long time. That's long, great. Long time. And I'm just happy time. to say my clients are successful, and that's how I measure my success. It's by my clients' success. So tell us how you arrived at WVUD. Around the year 2000, I was spending a lot of time with Chris Rewa, and she had invited me to come in and read the morning news for the Sunday morning after radio program. I loved it so much, and after that, she and her husband, Michael Rewa, had said, you know, have you ever thought about being an on-air DJ? Indeed, I had. I really had wanted to be a radio DJ. That was what I had wanted 
my career to be, and realizing pretty quickly that it probably wouldn't pay the bills, I opted not to do that. And so I am an advocate of volunteering to do that which you want to do that you could not get paid for. That was in April of 2000. And by May of 2000, I had read the manuals here at WVUD. I had taken and passed the test, gotten my FCC license, and began in May of 2000. What show did you begin? Java Time. Java Time. Okay, great. And it stayed on Java Time. You know, the beauty of that is by getting up that early, I can come in and fulfill my volunteer commitment and, and my volunteer passion and then go on off to work and never miss a beat. Right. Never miss a moment of work by volunteering early and volunteer often. Has your show changed much over the years? It couldn't help but change because I'm consistently influenced by those around me. And additionally, to other WVUD DJs that I listen to, I also have a few favorite radio stations on the West Coast that I monitor. So, of course, I'm always influenced by what I hear. Then I do my own research and bring my own music that I have harvested to the station. Very well put. Who else, who else were your early uh, your early favorites? I really loved Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> influenced by by my mother, Tom Jones, of course. Of course. Um, and um, basically, Aretha Franklin. And I always tell people when I'm coaching them on how to sing, I say, pretend you're Aretha Franklin, get a wide stance, pull up a hairbrush, <laughs> pretend it's a microphone, and scream into that hairbrush and give it all you got. <laughs> so, and then that's just continued on through the years with various international artists. I can't help but be influenced by, by that. So when the band is playing Paint It Black, I'm the person doing the, the Yiddish falsetto in the background. I, I can't help but do that. <laughs> my uh, own German and Polish roots come through quite a bit. So mm-hmm. while my name may sound Irish, and while I really do look quite Irish, my roots are German and Polish. We touched on radio a little bit. You said there's always a radio on in the house. I, I'm guessing MMR and, and... And YSP and WIOQ with the wonderful little wind chimes in the background. I loved that about WIOQ. Very much <laughs> album-oriented. And right. um, I'm still a radio girl. When I travel, I'm still searching that radio dial, usually to the left of the radio dial, the experimental stations and the college stations. Right. And the first thing I do whenever I travel to any city, and I do travel extensively, immediately I go to 91.3 to see what's on the radio dial in whatever <laughs> city I'm in. Oh, great. I can tell you about my hobbies. Well, let's see. Well, tell me about your hobbies. I'm very passionate about the arts. I was on the board of directors for Newark Arts Alliance for 15 years. Again, a volunteer commitment. I really wanted to make a change in the community, and I really wanted to be an event planner, and I really wanted to get into catering and all those fun things. I didn't really think I could be paid to do those things, so I volunteered and did it anyway. So I was the event planner for Newark Arts Alliance. I reintroduced the, the, their most successful event still to date, the dessert tasting, right, right around, thanks, right around uh, uh, Valentine's Day, actually, it is. Mm-hmm. So still to date, one of their most successful events. Very good. Have you ever taught music? I mean, do you teach music at all? Or? I do. Currently, I have two Boron students. Boron is the Irish drum. I've also taught... Hurdy-gurdy. I've also taught Penny Whistle. 
So those are the things that people seek me out for. I will teach you how to do French dancing, which you really do need two left feet for, in all honesty. Do you describe the boron? I mean, can... I mean, sure, sure. It is a large frame drum with a cross piece in the back, which you hold on to. Usually it's made of goat skin, and then you play it with what they call a tipper or a beater, roughly resembling a, a turkey drumstick leg, the, the bone, a turkey drumstick bone, roughly resembling that. And when you realize that these instruments originated from shepherds, they probably found a turkey bone or a, a, a leg bone of some sort and a goat skin. After all, they were shepherds. They were herders. Right. They right. herded goats. And then they made a frame. They stretched the goat skin over it, found a bone, and started tipping away. Oh, I'm, is, oh I'm thinking of it now. Is it almost played like, I mean, I'm showing you this movement here, but is it played, right. you play both ends of the stick? Exactly, of, of you sure bone? do. You can mm. you can play just one end or both ends, it's, and that's all about technique and nuance. So right now, one of my students is a 13-year-old male from the local community, and the other is a 40-year-old female in the music community. And I've had every student age and level in between, boys and girls, men and women, sometimes couples. It's just amazing. Oh, great. Is there anything you want to say? I want to say that I am so grateful for the WVUD community. From the listener's point of view, you hear us one at a time. But in actuality, we really are a community and we support each other. I'll give you a for instance when I was saying my farewells to Delaware and WVUD to move to California, since I wasn't taking any vinyl with me, I donated my disc washer, the, the sound design, the, the um, electric blue disc the vinyl cleaner. Yes. Right? Yes. And I had the cleaner, but I did not have a bottle of the D14, the fluid that you needed. Mm-hmm. When I came back, don't you know, there was a bottle of D14 here, the deionized liquid. So I donated the dishwasher, and someone else had donated the D14. So now we actually have a vinyl cleaning system here. It's little mm-hmm. things like that that you don't see behind the scenes that, that make the wonderful relationships. The DJs feed each other different websites to listen to. I heard this on your show. Have you heard this other extension mm-hmm. so you'll listen to that and um, indeed sometimes we've even put on the on the computer system the DJ 2000 the, the iMedia touch we've mm-hmm. loaded music for one another on there so it really is a fabulous a, a fabulous community here and I'm happy that we extend it to our listeners that are able to come in and do dream hours we've inherited whole record collections as heirs to people's collections and um, mm-hmm. and um, I remember living on Prospect Avenue was just a wealth of DJ camaraderie yourself and Sheila included yes that's always been a musical street that whole and Wilbur Street both of them yes absolutely right? yes I don't know if they are these days or not but uh, I, mean, I, I don't know mm-hmm. but during that time it really was a golden era Shelly thanks a lot thanks for coming out you know, Jerry, it's been wonderful to be on here. And as always, how do you take your Java? And WVUD, we're the radio station that loves you back. I can tell you about my hobbies. Well, let's see. Well, tell me about your hobbies. My hobbies, like any hobby, you do what you love and what you love, you do well. So those who know me know that I am a gardener, an avid gardener. But I'm talking about a commitment where I try to grow all of my own food. I'm to that level. My own backyard, which is very petite, by the way, is so prolific. 
I'm always feeding my friends and neighbors. There's way too much produce for my household to consume. So I'm always sharing that. And indeed, I grow what it is that people around me want to eat. My, My love of gardening just stems from you drop a soil, a seed into the soil, and then Mother Nature takes care of the rest. So I literally grow sweet potatoes the size of my head and larger. The peppers that I grow are larger than wine bottles. The carrots that I grow, you, you, they, one will feed three people. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm famous for growing all the potatoes that my extended family uses for our Christmas dinner. Are you still living uh, on vaguely the Kirkwood Highway? Right, in the Windy Hills area. Right, uh-huh, right, right. exactly. So I've been farming that one little piece of land now for 16 years. Yeah, right, right, And right. Um, it's, it's amazing what one little patch of, of land can do if you know how to, to uh, if you've got a green thumb. And people say, I don't have a green thumb. I'm here to tell you, actually, you do. It's all about your soil. After all, how many fruit trees do you see growing in the desert? None. There is no soil there. So it's all about the soil you're growing in. You've got every opportunity to enrich your soil. And the more you enrich it, the more it will reward you. I love gardening and landscaping so much. That's my secret as to how I get in shape and stay in shape. It's all about throwing a shovel in the soil. I'm, I am active about it. And I took my property from literally having nothing but just plain grass in it to being on the Newark Arts Alliance Garden Tour in six years. <laughs> so from zero to garden tour worthy in six years. I'm passionate about it. 